Hello and welcome to episode 228 of the Punter Podcast. I'm Chris Barnett. The Betfair Sprint is the feature race at Haydock on Saturday afternoon and we can't wait to see the excellent Shaquille back in action as he looks to add a further Group 1 prize to his already impressive CV. Plus there's racing at Kempton and at Ascot. Our special guest today is jockey James Doyle who rides Shaquille in the big race and has some good other rides at Haydock on Saturday. We also preview the quality racing on Saturday at Leopardstown as they host the Irish Champions Festival this weekend. City AM Racing Editor Bill Esdale previews the best of Saturday's top racing action in the UK and Ireland. Plus Wally Pyra joins us once again as Hong Kong begin their new flat racing season on Sunday. Well Bill, we've had a lovely week of weather over here in the UK. We've got Wally coming on a little bit later on talking about Hong Kong. And and I know you've just spoken to Hong Kong recently. How much rain did you say they had? It was an unbelievable amount, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, it's quite quite extraordinary. I, I think, well, Stephen Higgins, is, is, I just retweeted it before, but uh, he, he made the point, I think, I think Happy Valley had 575 millimeters of rain overnight and is fit to race today what? uh which is which is quite extraordinary uh and Chartin, where, where they're obviously racing on sundays had 512 and they're they're also raceable so yeah 575 uh, millimeters of rain overnight at happy valley i think they had 100 had six inches of rain in one hour last night so um remarkable i'd like to see how haydot would have coped with that <laughs> um, or, or ask yeah. it to be to be fair, or any of them really, or Leopardstown, any of them. I think Hayden uh, would have floated into St Helens by now. Yeah, <laughs> but quite astonishing figures. But you know, it just shows you, it shows you that here we are. We're basking in 30, 30, 32 degrees heat and sunshine over here, and it's twenty degrees and, and pouring a rain. The world is quite literally upside down at the moment, so mm-hmm. it's all a bit crazy. So this weekend. It doesn't look like there's a lot of rain around. Just looking at the forecast, they're expecting possible thunderstorms, but it doesn't seem to be an awful lot uh, for, for Haydock, for Ascot, and Kempton. What we're going to look at, we'll look at Leopard Sound uh, as well on Saturday coming up because Whirlpool back in town this time in Ireland and Leopard Sound for a great day's racing there. But um, we can expect good, good to firm. You think most of the the venues we're covering this weekend? Yeah, I mean, they're all kind of calling it good at the moment. And they, uh, lots of the tracks are saying they're not watering between now and, and, and Saturday, but I think they probably will have to. It's just, it's just as you know, it's baking, it's roasting all over England now. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to maintain good as they tend to do these days. Um, but it's going to be the far side of good. I think you, 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 we're just looking for horses that can operate on a on a sound, semi-quick yeah. surface. Um, it'll be watered, as something to factor in. There may be a bit of overwatering going on, but some of these races are run, you know, mid to late afternoon. So all that watering should be out the ground. It should be good. The far side of far side of good. There is the threat of thunder and storms all weekend, but I think they seem to be they seem to be more Sunday than they are Saturday. Um, so I think the the way I've I've looked at it is just yeah let's 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 look for fast ground horses. Okay, we'll do that then. We're going to hear from James Doyle as well, who had a Zoom press conference earlier on in the week. I think it was Wednesday we spoke to the James about Shaquille and the big one at Haydock on Saturday. So we'll have a 
listen to James in a few minutes' time. Obviously, we'll get Bill's views on all of the major races. We're going to start at Haydock in the 150 on Saturday. It's over a mile. It's a superior mile stakes. It's a group three field of eight looking to go here, the post. Uh, the Doyle has actually got a chance here. He's got Chindit, who's uh, been bouncing around all over the place recently. Hasn't he won at Ascot back in May. Been placed a couple of times since then for Richard Hannon before he goes off to be a sire in India. We've got light infantry for Simcock and Spencer combo that always seem to do well. Zoology, Regal Reality, and the good old Subbuska, who's seven years old for William Knight. And Kenneth Valley had a big winner last weekend that you tipped up. I think it was about nine to two. You also tipped the second at 22 to one. Not, not, uh, what a, what a, an amazing achievement that was. But what are the chances of another one for them on Saturday? First of all, I didn't know that Richard Hannon was going off to be a sire in India. I'm sure he'll enjoy that. Um, <laughs> I think I think he's already a sire in. Uh, yeah, he's a sire in, this, in, 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 in Wiltshire in, somewhere, in, isn't he? Yeah, in, in, in Marlborough. Um, yeah, it's good. A good, good um, card at Haydock, and, and we we kick off with with this superior mile. Um, it's a race that's quite trappy from a betting point of view because you've got Light Inventory, who's the best horse in the race, who brings the best form to the table against Chindit, who's one of his kind of com- previous competitors who's not in the greatest of form. Um, Chindit kind of went to Newbury, probably should have won um, and ran okay at Asker, but it just doesn't seem to be operating to the same level. Maybe a return to fast ground uh, may spark something, but um, yeah, both times recently he hasn't really picked up and quickened when when asked and that's a niggling concern and he's he's plenty short enough the worry with light infantry is he's much effective or his best when the ground is 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 slower than this uh and a lot will depend on whether he's been a non-runner in the past on fast ground a lot will depend on how much water they put on the track so if it's overwatered, it probably plays to his strengths but if it gets to the far side of good you know there's a danger they might just just pull the plug on him i think he's the most likely winner uh light infantry i was looking for a bet in the race um i was half and I mean half leading towards Regal Reality um, at 13 to 2. But it's just the penalty. He carries a penalty here. And, you know, it ain't easy. You know, the, the terms of the race are, you know, he's rated six pounds inferior to light inventory. And he's got to give him three pounds. So, you know, there's a kind of nine pound swing there. I mean, ultimately, I think we, we don't have to spend too much time on the race. If it's good ground um, and light, light inventory lines up, I think I'd probably rather be with him at 15 to eight. I think he's the most likely winner. Uh, I think he will just pick them up with Jamie Spencer. Yeah. So light infantry, but, but not a, not a strong view in the opener. We've got another eight runners in the two twenty-five mile and three quarters handicap. And uh, Tom Marquand rode his 1000th winner, at Windsor the other night. Well done to Tom. Um, said well, well done to him on Twitter. He actually came back and thanked me. Just a, he's just a nice guy as well, being yeah, top jockey. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I made a video, or a documentary actually, about him in 2014 when he was at the uh, British Riding School in Newmarket when he was a kid. So uh, we go back a long way. But I've not seen him for about 12 years, but. Uh, well done to him. Fantastic job. Uh, he's got Nakib with William Haggis, who won last time out in this race. Denmark comes over from Ireland for Aidan O'Brien and James Dolls on board. Lordship 
blinded by the lights. He's in there for some Art Prescott, who's won a couple of races recently, uh, as has uh, the Davidio as well. And there's others in there. Two for the, for the eight runners, Nakib, Shadwell Horse, William Haggis. He's having a, a great season once again, isn't he? Oh yeah, re- really, really good season. And, and this race was—it's funny because I was watching the, the live decorations for this, and they were—they were all a bit slow to to jump in here. And Lordship came here late. Denmark came in. Nakib came in. They all kind of jumped in. So the video, all the all 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 the kind of top notchers that um, we'd previously seen in action in the Melrose suddenly appeared and, and took their chance in there. So it looked like being a much smaller field than it actually was. But we got eight of them. Uh, look, the obvious place to start is Nakib. Uh, you know, you've got a well-bred son of Nathaniel here who's lightly raced. He's got some terrific form with Middle Earth, two runs back when they had a right Titanic battle at Newmarket and then stepped on with that one and egg and spoon race at Kempton, but uh, like a one to seven shot should by, by 10 lengths. You know, he's rated 100 now. Um but he could could be anything. Um, Denmark, I put up in the Melrose, who was a good second um, to Middle Earth, uh, with blinkers on for the first time that day. This is a horse of Aidens who was touted as a Derby horse once upon a time, and you know he he, he that was his first run at York from you know we haven't seen him since the Ballysax, which was run in April. Um, don't forget he was um, he was eleven or four second in in the Ballysax. Uh, the race that was won by White Birch uh, on heavy ground over a mile and a quarter. Um, good first run back over a mile and a six for York. Did well to see out that trip. He was quite kind of keen and lit up a bit in that race. Um, he's bound to improve for the run. Uh, could take a, a, another step forward. James Doyle rides, obviously, runs in action at Leperstam, which we'll cover later. Um, he's a big threat to, to Nikiv. They've both got that form with with Middle Earth, which I think is really strong form. Uh, you know, on paper, Nikiv got closer to to Middle Earth than um, Denmark did, but I think Denmark will take a step forward. And then you throw in Lordship, um, who was actually did quite well from his draw to run run as close as he did at, at York and he's got previous fast ground form around Haydock. So look, it's 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 wide open. I just feel, if I'm honest, that the ones at the top of the handy handicap aren't that well handicapped. I think they've got to be group horses to win off those marks of 102 and 100. Well, it's 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 life is pretty tough. And I think they probably will dominate the race, Denmark and Akib. But there's something that keeps telling me that um so they might not be value. Um, Denmark last night was seven or two with William Hill. He's, he's threes with Hills now. Um, he's probably, I'd rather be with him over Nicky, but I was just wondering whether something at a bigger price uh, that could run well, bl- uh, blinded by the lights for Sir Mark Prescott could go well with second at, at Foss last, last time. Um, but I thought French Invasion might run well down the, down the bottom. Um, Charlie Johnson's horse, who actually ran really well back on faster ground at Newmarket uh, last month. And that was a big step forward on what he's shown before then. And I, he's, he's just, it's just a weight thing. He's got eight stone three with Joe Fanning and he gets nearly a stone and a half from the others. And look, he's, he's 16 to one shot. I think that's a massive price. Um, I'd, I'd probably have a small win on Denmark and a small each way on French invasion at 16s. At three o'clock, it's the old Borough Cup handicap. Mile and three quarters for this, and a bigger field here. And 15 of them going to post. Could be a big day for James Doyle. We'll hear from him shortly about Shaquille, as I say. But he writes Aztec Empire for Andrew Balding, 
who's been placed in his last three races at York, Newbury, and on the all-weather at Newcastle. We've got to post-impressionist in there, William Haggis and Tom Marquand, who hasn't won since October of last year. He's had a few goes since then. Forza Auto's in there for Kevin Ryan. Adjuvant goes for Michael Bell. And you can, Glenn, your old favourite, who ran a big race one-third at Goodwood when you tipped him up each way, is in there too. But this Keys Chorister for David Menuzier, with Jamie Spencer on board, beaten into six at York. was only three lengths behind. Absurd. He was fifth and tenth before that. A couple of seconds, both at Epsom. His second favourite, I, I don't quite see why she is the second favourite at the moment, around about six to one for a horse that's not you know, crying out great form right now. Yeah, I mean, she, I think if you go back and watch the replay of the Ebor and watch the passage that she endured, she was a, a massive eye catcher in that. She she ran up behind a wall of horses. She kind of hit a flat spot. So, so as soon as they started to quicken at kind of two and a half, three from home, she kind of lost a slot a bit, shuffled back on the inside rail wall of horses in front of her and then she ran on from an impossible position to only be beaten three lengths staying on best of all uh, off this same mark of, of 99 uh, relished the step up in trip uh, handled the ground really well um, you know she, you just go back to to this time last year where she was uh, second to Solcombe in the Melrose and Solcombe's a really nice horse who might end up winning the Melbourne Cup based out there now so that was really good form had the likes of Adjuvant and Nosret who we might cover later um, behind so that was a, a really good bit, bit of form you just feel that uh, Keith Correster is running back into form being a bit of a gamble this week was 10s and 8s earlier in the week and has, has been well found in the market, um, Jamie Spencer, good jockey booking for a horse that'll be played, buried and played late. Um, the market's probably got it spot on. Um, Aztec Empire and her should be joint favourites. Aztec Empire was uh, arguably quite unlucky not to get that York race in the stewards room, but <laughs> with Forza Auto, um, got bumped and checked and, and hampered and you name it, and um, just didn't quite get there at York is just a bit unlucky that was over two miles and a half of Berlon and this is one mile six whether whether he's crying out for the dropping trip probably puts me off off him but um yeah I thought this was this was one of those great races you can glenn's done us a good turn being third and fourth we put him up to put him up at 25s when he was third at Goodwood and we put him up at 33s when he was fourth at um in the Ebor um won this race in the past he's a pound higher uh, for you know, the handicaps just nudged him up. He's 10 years old. Um, whether he wants rapidly fast ground or whether it'll be that quick, I don't know. But, um, he's bound to hit the frame again. Whether he's whether he's going to win or not, I'm not so sure. But uh, I'll bypass him. Um, I, I think I'll go from a win perspective. I play Keith Chorister at six to one. I think she's just about to, to, to pop, and I think I would would stick with her because I think that, that I think Jamie Spencer will get a good tune out of Keith Chorister. Um, and the one I'm going to go each way is Tritonic, uh, Alan King's oh. horse, each way back on fast ground. I think um, Tritonic is a horse who. Um, was a good third to horse with no name at Ascot over two and a half miles, but um, always kind of wanted decent ground. Um, the second second last year a, a new market on a sound service to contact over a mile and a half, so the trip should be perfect. The kind of intermediate one mile six, um, 
they always were kind of looking for decent ground over hurdles. I, I think we haven't seen the best of this horse on, on the flat. And I just think Tritonic can run well at 16. Uh, Ross Ryan booked a ride. Um, so I will play Key Scorister at sixes and I'll play each way Tritonic at 16, but wide open race. Yeah, wide open the Old Borough Cup on Saturday afternoon. As pretty much is the Betfair Sprint Cup at 3.35, part of the Kipco British Champions Series, the six furlong sprint with a maximum field of 17, although Spy Catcher won't go if there's anything firm in the ground. There is a reserve in this race, Happy Romance, for Richard Hannon, so we probably will get the 17 either way. Before we hear Bill's thoughts on Shaquille Millstream, Sacred and St. Lawrence Blazoo and others, let's hear from the jockey, James Doyle. He had a press conference, as I say, a Zoom conference on Wednesday where we spoke about Shaquille and the fact that he'd been up to the Yorkshire uh, area when he was uh, riding at York a couple of weeks ago and went to see Julie Camacho and went riding out in the morning on Shaquille where they did the stalls test a couple of times to see if they can get him out of the stalls a little bit faster than he has been so far. I went to sit on him a couple of weeks ago during uh, York Week. Um, we just popped him in the stalls um, up on the Malton Gallops there. And it was actually quite nice to um, to go and sit on him at home. Obviously, um, I'd heard, uh, well, the guys have all said he's completely different at, at home, which is kind of hard to imagine. So it was quite nice to sit on him at home and actually experience that because he really is... Um, he is really a very calm and collected character um, in his uh, own environment, so to speak. So, yeah, it was quite nice to, to see him like that. On the track, he, he, he's great in the prelims. Um, he, he's really grown up in that regard. Uh, he's been foot perfect in terms of going down to post, really relaxed and doing all those things right. Um, as, as we know, in the stalls, he can get a little bit tricky and he's just bunny hopped out the last twice. But thankfully... Um, the twice I've ridden him, he, he actually broke fairly cleanly. Obviously, something we'll be looking forward, uh, well, looking for him to do on Saturday. Um, but we won't know until the gates open how that will happen. He's a big, boisterous sprinter who, um, who who knows he's quick and he wants to be fast. Whereas at home, he's, he obviously knows his environment. He knows his routine and he's so relaxed. I mean, we popped out the gates the first time and I had to give him a squeeze away and kind of get him to... to even do a half speed and the second time we jumped out was upsides another horse and the same again I had to ask him to go past um horses which as we know uh, in in his races he he you don't have to ask him too many questions in a race I mean I can't think of a time where I've seen a horse miss the break what five lengths it must must have been five lengths certainly at Ascot and probably the same at in the July Cup, and it just doesn't happen, does it? In a, in a sprint, once you get that slow start, you're almost, uh, you know, you're out the game. It, it just shows what an engine he has to... Uh, I, I thought he did an amazing job on, on quicker ground in, in in Ascot. Not easy to pick um, pick the right... I guess we didn't go a helter-skelter kind of pace from the get-go, so it gave him a chance to latch onto the back of the pack without asking too many questions but still he gave away a lot of ground at the start in both Ascot and the July Cup and I think it, it from the first time I rode him at Newmarket I thought this horse has got an incredible engine and the second day I rode him he, he certainly improved and it was just kind of hard to predict how good he would might be obviously um well after Newmarket 
it was mentioned, the Commonwealth was mentioned. And then obviously stronger views had to, we had to really kind of take it into account after his win at Newbury. But it was hard to kind of say how good he was because he, like you say, he was doing them slightly things wrong and still managing to be dominant. I mean, it's, it's, it, he, he has a serious engine and like I say, I, I can't remember a horse missing the break by five lengths and winning a group one sprint. Going into Saturday, we have to, the, the wait for age is catching up with us and we, you know, he, he got six pounds off, off the older horses in the July Cup and that's brought back to two pounds. So that, you know, that, that, that does tighten things up. So, you know, obviously you pray that we can jump off and get a clean start. I think given the fact that obviously we're not getting as much weight from the older horses, it, 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 yeah, obviously, but I think, do I think he could still do it if he missed the break and, and gave them a bit of a lead early on? I, I, I genuinely believe in the engine this horse has, but it would certainly make things a lot trickier given that we're not getting so much weight. You mentioned the ground, how versatile Shaquille is. You won on, on soft, he's won on good to firm, he's won on good, he's won on the all weather. Horses are very dependent on ground, aren't they? That's one of the traits. How unusual is it for a Group 1 winner like this to be at home on, on all kinds of different ground? Yeah, well, we, we, you know, it, it is incredible that you have a horse, like you say, they usually show a preference, um, but the really good ones we've seen time and time again, they're really, really top solid horses. Um can cope with anything and he, he definitely fits into that bracket like you say he, he's one on the all weather he's one on really heavy ground and and he's one on fast fast turf that that we saw at um royal ascot it was pretty quick that day and he he just adapts to to what's in what he's dealing with obviously you've got the little bit of a worry about the start but in the end for a, a group one sprinter does he kind of help you a bit when you saw rossa Right him at Newmarket, the July Cup, he kind of tanked his way to the front. Most people thought he'd, you know, used up all his energy. That was the end of it. And and for Sheen, he also tanked his way from five lengths back at, at Royal Ascot. Is he a horse that gets you out of trouble without you having to do an awful lot? I know he's difficult at the beginning, but in the end, is he a bit of an easy ride? I'm not sure. I don't know how to answer that one. I guess the twice I've ridden him, he's he's been quite straightforward in terms of, well, I guess the first time I rode, he at Newmarket he jumped well and just hit first run for a while so he, he was quite fresh and he did take a, a strong hold uh the second day was very straightforward he relaxed lovely and then obviously I didn't ride him afterwards but he he makes up ground pretty quick as we've seen but I think that this horse's main, main strengths are he, he's got a very high cruising speed for a sprinter you know, usually they can wait a bit and, and really accelerate, but this fellow can maintain a high speed for, for the duration of six furlongs, even to a point, you know, he, he won over seven furlongs first time out. So he, he's he's a rare sprinter that does have that stamina that he can sustain a high cruising speed for the whole distance. Well, we wish you well. Good luck on the Saturday at Haydock. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, nice to catch up with James Doyle. Thanks very much to him. For chatting to us early on in the week, he writes Shaquille, of course, who's becoming everybody's mate at the moment, isn't he? He's won so many races in a row now, and Group Ones as well. I mean, unbelievable! He won that Commonwealth Cup in amazing style, having missed the break. He was even more amazing, probably in the July Cup when 
he sort of missed the break and then was tanked up by him on his own steam under Ross Ryan, as I mentioned in the interview. Looked like he you know, was a spent force and then went on to win by a length and a half. He'd won the listed race at Newbridge going into that as well. Uh, Millstream's in there for Jane Chapelheim. He's been supplementary. Sacred's trying six furlongs again, having just been caught by Cardem at Royal Ascot and then running three lengths behind Kinross over seven. Um, I don't know if seven's her best trip, though. Spycatcher won't go if there's anything firm in the ground, as we say, from the High Clare stud there. St. Lawrence, I know you tipped him at Royal Ascot, and he won the Wokingham. The zoo's in there, regionals in there, and run to freedom for Henry Candy. He was only a length and a half behind Shaquille and Newmarket. And as James Saw was saying, he's better in the weights. Shaquille not getting as many pounds in hand as a three-year-old now over some of the older horses. It's a fascinating race, isn't it, Bill? Yeah, great, great race. And, you know, uh, decent ground. You know, sometimes this race can be run on bottomless ground and it's, it has a, has a completely different feel. But this is, this is you know, as, as, as good as it gets, really. Uh, I, I'm a fully signed up subscriber to the Shaquille fan club as, as regular kind of followers of this pod will know. Um, we've had our, our, our juice out of him over the the course of the season and you know he he's he's a very special horse you know you, you don't um as james was 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 saying before you you don't kind of do the things that he's done without being a like a freak i suppose the word is freak yeah um you know i i i was there at ascot and i turned away from the balcony when he broke like that because i thought oh it's good it's done and at Newmarket, I thought when he tanked up, I thought, well, this is the end of the Shaquille journey as we know it. This you, do, you don't win pulling and racing to the front. And uh, you know, I was thinking, oh, poor Ross Ryan, he's made a bit of a hash of this. And you know, you made the point you're questioning about: does he get these jockeys out of trouble? Um, he doesn't. He's just you know, and and he 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 he's just a freak of 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 nature. And he had no right to win at Ascot. Everyone thought, oh, they've gone really slow, and he must have pounced on them, but they hadn't. You know, at Newmarket, everyone thought halfway on oh, no, those. You know, even even his connections when they had the the cameras. I think um, there were cameras on yeah. the Camachos, and you could see them. They were shaking their head in disbelief, thinking, "What's he doing?" And you know, he's he's just managed to get away with it. They freshened him up for it. Uh, but from a punting point of view, sometimes you just have to jump off the bus. And um, I, I can't back him at odds on. Uh, I, I am concerned over his tendencies to make life hard for himself um you know and by that i mean funny exits to the stalls uh being far too keen not being set be able to settle um you know he's that kind of horse one of these days he's going to jink and the jockey's going to come off him you know he's just that kind of horse um when you're taking big prices like we were the early part of the season it's fine when you are where you are now it's it's not yeah. and the wait for age gap has closed. Uh, James Doyle mentioned that. And that's a very significant factor here. I don't think it's probably got enough um, credence in, in, in the in the build-up to this race, that life is just tougher for Shaquille. He's four pounds worse off with all those horses, those older horses. And, yeah, look, I think he's the most likely winner. If I could own one in the race, wow, it would 100% be Shaquille. Would I be backing him? No. I, I just think it's 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 a watching brief for him. Um, I think there is some value in the race. You know, this time of year, you've 
you've made plenty of friends in this world. You know, there's lots of horses here that have done us favours at different points of the season that are coming there, and you have to decide which one you're going to go with, and it has to be done on price grounds. And the horse that's screaming out to me that's going to run an I think is going to run a cracker in this race is sacred. I think she is the forgotten runner in this field. Now she is an older filly. Now in the old weight for age, as in earlier in the season, um, the, she'd be, get, get, be carrying three pounds more weight than Shaquille the, the, as, as her elder. And now she's getting one pound less because of the four pound swing. Now sacred's got pieces on for the first time. Uh, she was really disappointed at, at York, but that was the second time she's been really disappointing at York. So for whatever reason, she just doesn't produce her best there. You know, she'd previously run really well at Goodwood last year and then went and bombed out behind Kim Ross. That seven furlongs on quick ground at York just doesn't, just, for whatever reason, she just doesn't fire. And last year she bombed out at it and then she was given a bit of a break and she came back and, and, and bolted up ugly up her best performance last year came at Newbury after that run so I've got no reasons even though it's not as long a gap to fear that she won't come back two weeks later from that disappointing run now regular listeners will know that I I fancied her quite strongly at Royal Ascot and I still for the love of God don't know how Cardem beat her in the Jubilee Stakes (laughs) Um, the reality of the situation was that they were testing to see whether she was a sprinter or not. And they tried it the previous year uh, and it hadn't quite worked because she'd taken too long to get going. So when she tried six uh, in the uh, Platinum Jubilee behind Noble Crown on fast ground, they were pressing all the buttons and she wasn't getting there in time. And she just appeared to that it was too short a trip for her. She strengthened up. They came back this year to Ascot. And I think, if I'm honest, I think Tom Marcon probably thought, I'm not going to get there. I've got to get the, I've got to get her wound up because it, uh, she'll get outpaced. And the problem was she did it all far too easy. Mm, yeah. And she ended up hitting the front and putting her head in the air and thinking about it. And I remember my immediate thoughts after that defeat with her were Haydock Sprint Cup. I thought, wow, I'd love to go to Haydock with her and have a go on fast ground if they got fast ground in a Haydock Sprint Cup. And here we are, and she's 12 to 1. She's got blinkers on for the first time. She's got her fast ground that she'll want. She's going to get a ferocious pace to chase, which I think plays to her strength. I generally think she's the biggest danger to Shaquille. Shaquille could be a freak of a generation, and we know that. And if he goes away and wins, he does. But I think this she is going to give... Shaquille the biggest test of his life because she'll be the one pouncing late if ridden by Tom Mark on the way I think he'll ride Shaquille will just naturally whatever he does will just either trying to appear late but I, I think I think for what I think he's going to get keen and lit up and he'll he'll break from the stools sometimes with a horse like him it's probably benefits him not to break but I think if he breaks from the stools he'll end up being lit up and end up in front far too early mm-hmm. and I think that'll play to to sacred strength and I'll play her each way at 12s and of the others at the current prices I think St. Lawrence the horse that that um uh, we obviously had a, a, a nice go out at, at the Royal meeting. It's 14s um, with Coral and Bet Victor. I think that's fair enough. I think he's taking a step forward. Fast pace, six furlongs. Um, 
drawn high. I, I think there's a lot to like about St. Lawrence. Uh, I'm going to play the pair of them. I thought Sacred Eatway 12 and St. Lawrence Eatway 14 was the way I'd like to play it. Looks like a great race. The uh, Sprint Cup coming up on Saturday afternoon at Haydock Park. Big field, good ground. It's going to be a bit of a cracking race. Whatever happens, all the best to Shaquille as well. And thanks to James Doyle for joining us on the podcast this week. Let's have a look at a couple of races. And Ascot got the 235, a handicap with hopefully 14 going. And the only one horse I need to mention here, because you'll talk about the rest, is Quinault, our friend Stuart Williams. The winning sequence finally ended at Ascot in August over six furlongs when he was third, uh, sent off at nine to two under Luke Morris. They put a five-pound claimer on board. Uh, Luke Cotton, who'd been winning on him before, and Quinault's back again for more on Saturday, Bill. Yeah, he's 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 back. Um, whether whether he's crying out for seven furlongs or not, I, I'm I'm not too sure. Um, that that's my only little concern with him. He's a fabulous horse, and he's he's um, done everything right. He's got the kid back on Luke. Luke um, Cotton's back on to take, or Cotton's back on to take five pounds off. Um, you know, he's favourite, but he's got to take another step forward, and it's been a remarkable season win or lose um this is your classic kind of seven furlong ascot handicap uh a few old friends are back hickory is going to be amongst the favorites here um was a good second to baradar over course and distance last time um on king george day uh, off a mark of 87 he's only a couple of pounds higher i mean he'll he'll be on lots of people shortlist i mean my only concern with that form is, is that it says good ground on the description and, and it was probably wasn't a million miles off good crowns on the, on the straight course but it was king george day and the round course was definitely soft and it, i think it was just about good ground there was definitely some dig in the ground um and um this will be quicker ground i know ascot calling it good at the moment but it'll just be quicker ground i'm not a million miles from ascot and it's baking hot um I just wonder whether whether Hickory will be as effective. I mean, he'll be up there and be 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 well fancied, and it's just a value thing. You got at time of recording, you know, uh, Quinnell's thirteen to two, and Hickory's thirteen to two, and you know, Spangle Matt is obviously in good nick too. Is 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 around seven eight to one. Um, I'm probably going to delve deeper into the market because that's as you know, that's probably where I like like to to fish anyway, and there's. There's a few old friends down the bottom who I'm prepared to give goes to because I think they're just good, good values at the, at the prices. Um, the pl- first one is Bless Him. Um, is 16 to 1 uh, with Coral and 14 to 1 in a few other places. Um, Boils and Bet365. I think that's a massive price. Um, this is a horse who's just very effective on the straight course at Ascot. Uh, won there a few times when the ground is decent I mean don't forget uh, last summer uh, in that international stakes that we were just talking about on, on fast ground bless him was beaten a short head by fresh um, ridden by Jamie Spencer that day off a mark of 102 he's actually lower he's off 101 this time Haley Turner is you know will we'll ride him similarly to Jamie Spencer hold on play late um, he's a horse who the ground was probably a little bit too soft to ask it last time behind Baradar and he kind of caught the eye. He kind of smoked both his last two starts at Newmarket in the July in the Bunbury cup. He kind of crept into it down the outside. I tipped him up that day and he was fourth at 28. Um, 
but the ground was good to soft there, and I thought, yeah, was, he, he drifted because of the because of the rain that was about, and he was a bit too far back in the international last time, but kind of appeared over on the far side, travelling relatively well. Um, I just think he's going to run really well each way at sixteen. So bless him is is definitely the first bullet to fire, and the second one is um, going in again, even though it didn't work last time. Uh, the draw was not in his favour for Orban. Um, he's a horse who I fancied to run really well at York um, during the Ebor meeting, and we put him up at a massive price, 25s, and he went off at 12s and finished 11th. He wasn't beaten that far, but he was trapped out wide and just the penny didn't drop. But these Amara horses, they can they can kind of run themselves back into form. And the key to Orban is now dropped to a mark of 92. The handicap has shaved another couple of pounds off. And, you know, I just go back to the, the last time he was competing off that mark. You know, he was winning this time last year. He won on fast ground over seven at Ascot off a mark of 95 uh, in the Shogar Cup meeting. And, you know, I just think he's he's a, a winner waiting to happen, Orban. Uh, whether it's Saturday, I don't know. But I can't let him run at 16s without having having something on him because I think he can run really well. So I'll play Orban and bless him both each way at 16s in a wide open race um, and hope one of them can um, can trouble the judge. Time to put the coffee on the 310. Mile and a half. Lavazza Stakes coming up with Heritage Handicap. We've got the lightly race. Al Sakib going for Andrew Balding's one two of his four races. Victory Dance for Godolphin. Will Buick rides for Charlie Appleby. And Gallant Lion for Tony Carroll who's uh, put up a sequence of four wins in a row now. He's gone up from 63 when he won at Brighton by a nose to 83 on Saturday. He doesn't normally win by very far as well. So as he reached his ceiling as a son of Roaring Lion, Tony Carroll loves his runners at uh, Brighton, but he's got one at Ascot. But what about Al-Sakib, lightly raced and still on the improve perhaps? Yeah, it's, 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 this all comes down to, to to weight and whether Victory Dance is able to give the weight away to the likes of Al Kasib and Gallant Lion. Um, the market tends to think he might not be able to, and that's why Al Kasib and Gallant Lion are both kind of fours ahead of him in the market. But I've just got a suspicion that Victory Dance may be able to get away with it. He's got first time blinkers this time. Um, despite what everyone seems to think, Applebee's are in, in much better form than, I mean, ITV the last last weekend made a big thing out of them being in bad form, but you know he's he's won, you know the Apple Beef. <laughs> I think he's won six, six of his last eight ten races or something. I mean he's been in really, really good form, um, despite what they say, um, and I just think this horse might be the one to beat Victory Dance. It's a race I don't have a massively strong opinion on. Uh, but I thought the combination of, of team being in good form, um, he ran in a listed race behind Bold Act. The stable mate, Ryan Moore, rode him uh, at Doville when we last saw him in action a month ago. Wasn't beaten that far. Um, he led. It felt like he was a bit of a pacemaker that day, uh, and he was just reeled in uh, from the front over a mile and a quarter on good to soft ground. I think a better surface will see him in a better light. Um, he'd previously finished third to Castle Way, uh, in a listed at Newmarket. Now that's that's really good form. Uh, we know how the effectiveness of that horse, and I just thought Victory Dance might just be the class act here. But the weight suggests that he is, and if, you know it's whether he can give the, that weight away. And Gallant Lion and Alcazib will give him a test, but Victory Dance would get the vote for me. 
just to put into perspective, latest uh, information on Charlie Appleby in the last 14 days, he's had 18 runners, eight winners, 44% for the uh, strike rate. So uh, I wish I was in that bad form. <laughs> 44%. So Charlie's not in bad form, I don't think, after all of that. Let's go to Kempton quickly for a couple of races there. 135, it's the Unibet September Stakes. It's a Group 3 small field here. And uh, Baybridge back in action uh, up against Israel, Candleford and Fortino. Fortino used to be running over in uh, Latin America. Yeah, yeah Chile. Club Hippico mm -hmm. and... Uh, all those venues. I used to commentate on Club Ibico a few years ago. Um, terrible pictures, terrible colours, uh, and it was it was it was horrendous trying to commentate in English on a race over there where the horses weren't very good. So he's going to have to be really good. I know he was good over there, but it's interesting that he's now joined the Gosden's yard. But Baybridge drops down, doesn't he? He's been running Group Ones all the time, and this is a Group Three on Saturday. Yeah, it's a good, good race. This and um, Baybridge will be a warm order. Uh, at the time of recording, you know, he's five to four. I think he'll probably end up being odds on. I'd imagine he'll be in everyone's perms, um, doubles and trebles. Um, Aaron Glassy horse of of Sir Michael Stout. Um, switching to the all weather, um, it's a bit of a bit of an unknown, but. Um, you know he's 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 run at Kempton in the past, and you know there's there's bits and pieces of all weather um, that will, that should stand him in 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 good light. Um, he could have run the Champion Stakes in Ireland. Uh, we last saw him at Ascot. You can put a complete line through that run in the Prince of Wales Stakes. He he um, he got squeezed out and stumbled at the start. And you know if you if you read through the analysis there, he got lit up and. I think his second furlong was the fastest furlong of any horse in the race, which tells you he got lit up, buzzed, tanked his way through the race and just fell away. So you, you can ignore that. Um, I made the point on this horse in the past that he needs the word soft in the going description. Um, his dad never won uh, without it and his mum never won without it in the going description. He just needs dig. So every time they keep going back on goodish ground, he doesn't really fire. Um, but he ran really well behind Luxembourg previously back, back in May. So plenty to like about him. Um, but, and the big but, it's a price thing for me. I'm just worried about the trip with him. I know lots of people aren't, but I am worried about a mile and a half with Baybridge. I don't know. And he's an older horse and he may have strengthened up and he get away with it, but it's a price-related thing for me. But he's never been crying out for a mile and a half. And I've even felt over the extended one mile, two and a half, he's paddling late on. And it's just a gut feel thing for me. And it's enough to, to warrant me to be worried to, to, to be with him. Now, the danger and the only real danger is Israel. And Israel is a horse who is just improving run by run been by Haskoy first time, chased home quick, quick thorn at York the time after where everyone kind of said the form wasn't too great, but have forgotten what quick thorn went on and did it good. But after that, so the form isn't so bad as people originally thought. And then trounced Adair and the whole story after that was how crap Adair is rather than how good Israel is. And uh, I just feel he's a horse that's kind of getting better and better, sneaking under the radar and people are slightly not giving the respect they ought to.
Now, the issue is the setup of this race is terrible for Israel because he's rated six pounds inferior to Baybridge, but has to carry a five pound penalty. So there's like an 11 pound swing in favor of Baybridge. So Baybridge should be smashing him out of the park, hence the five to four, three to one thing. But I've just got to question whether. Baybridge will see it out. Now, if Israel goes forward and they try and make this a real test and they, they kind of, you know, take over quite early on the straight and try and run the finish out of Baybridge, it could easily happen. I could see Israel running really well. Um, it wouldn't be a great betting race for me, but I think Israel is probably the value at threes against Baybridge at five to four just because he sees the trip out. And look, Baybridge comes and swoops and conquers and takes him and beats him. Good luck to him. That may well be good enough for him to win the race. But I just think Israel at threes is the call. Okay, and finally for the UK, well, Kempton, over a mile. It's the London Mile Series Final Handicap, 14 runners. Anything you like in this one? This looks a pretty competitive, open-looking race. Yeah, it is. It is an open-looking race. It's not not the easiest of races to kind of get a get a lid on. I mean, there's there's um, Cathard uh, will be favourite here. Um, it's 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 funny when you, when you seem to do Saturday races and these handicaps come up. It just always seems to be the haggis horse's made favourite, whether it's got the form of the book or not. It's just like default. So his odds compiler just looks at William Haggis. Yeah, that that'll do. That's in in his favourite. I can see why Cathar is is up there, but he was beaten fair and square by Lakai um, last time at Ripon, and it just look, he he just feels a bit vulnerable to me. Um, but look, he's he's probably still ahead of his his handicap mark, and um, you know he's 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 a nice type. Um, yeah, I, I I just I just think he's plenty plenty short enough. First view is the one that loads of people are like. Last year's winner uh, beat Beldemiro in this um, twelve months ago off a mark of ninety, and here he is back on eighty eight uh, with a kid taking over. Um, he just he just feels like the the obvious one. Um, Baltimore boy beat him last time um, with a good ride. Um, Visor seemed to help a lot there. Um, swoop down the outside is a couple of pounds higher. Um, looks an obvious danger for Michael Bell, but um, just first views loves this track. Goes so well at Kempton. Um, he he just. You know he's he's too he's finished second twice and won once here. Just it just seems to run above beyond himself here. Um, he did hit a bit of a flat spot last time at Kempton uh, behind Baltimore Boy, and then got going really late off this mark of eighty-seven. Um, but you know the same Christian Howard takes the five pounds off. Um, I think he'll look beat and run and stay on. Um, I just think he's pretty rock solid and, and whether he's good enough to win, I don't know, but he should be bang there around five, six to one. And he's probably the one I'd go for. And finally, in this section of the podcast, we're going to look at a couple of group one races at Leopardstown on Saturday, where Whirlpool uh, are in for the day as well. You can bet on the Whirlpool market throughout Saturday at Leopardstown, 245 bill is the mile matron stakes, the first group one. Of the day for them, Phillies and Mares. It looks uh, like it's quite a big field, and it's uh, Tahira for Dermot World coming on the back of a Coronation Stakes win at Royal Ascot Group One. She also won the Irish Thousand Guineas Group One, where she beat uh, Meditate, who was going to line up again on Saturday. Homeless Songs in there as well, also from Dermot World's yard. He's got two at the top of the market, but the favourites got. Uh, 
the best chance of winning, hasn't she? Yeah, she definitely has got the best chance of winning. As you said, Whirlpool in town, so there'll be huge swelled pools here. So we'll put a slightly different kind of perspective on things now. We'll be looking at, oh, let's have a look at some Quinellas and horses at big prices that can outrun their odds. Um, they've got the same weather in, in Ireland, so it's it's drying out all the time. It's going to be quick ground. They're good, good to firm in places. I think they were calling it the other day. Um, I think they're actually calling it good, but I think it's a, a, bit, a bit quicker than that. Um, they're watering to maintain. But you know, with this hot hot day in store on on Saturday, it should should be quick quick ground. Um, Tahira supposedly doesn't want quick ground. That was the reason I opposed her. Ascot got that all wrong. Um, but Remarque gave her a bit of a scare. Um, look, she she just she's solid. She's just she's got a bit of class. Um, she kind of gets herself out of trouble. Um, the thing about the matron stakes is uh, Leopardstown. They tend to get into a uh, I've backed so many horses that are hard luck stories in this race because if you get behind and you get get yourself in a bit of trouble, um, it can be a nightmare. And that's my only worry with Tahira is whether they play it too clever and get in a box. Um, but she should be too good here. Um, looking at the prices, um, I wouldn't have homeless songs, to be honest. I think the ground's going to be too quick for her. Um, I think the ones that are overpriced in my eyes, there's two that are overpriced. Um, I think Just Beautiful at 12 to 1 is is hugely overpriced um, for the Toomey um, team ridden by Billy Lee. Um, key to this horse's fast ground. was really good, beat Jumbly well last time. And... That's obviously this has been the plan, but yeah, previously people remember when when this horse was trained by Ivan Furtado and beat our old friend Double or Bubble a couple of years ago at Donny. Um, retains the old ability, was had the speed to get close to th- within three lengths of art power over six at the Cara, but stepped up to a mile, was really good on fast ground. I think Just Beautiful can run really well. And the other one is our old friend Meditate is overpriced at 11s. Blinkers on for the first time, back on the fast ground that she craves. That's the key to her. Don't forget that she was a Breeders' Cup um, juvenile turf winner on fast ground. And, you know, she was six in the guineas behind Morge on the ground that was soft. And second, got within a length and a half of Tahira. Lost her way a bit last two times, Ascot and Dovial, on, on bad ground. But she's better than that. And um, with blinkers on, Aiden does his master at getting the horses like this to come back and I thought Meditate might run well so from a Whirlpool Cornella point of view I'll probably play Tahira with Meditate and Just Beautiful and maybe play Meditate and Just Beautiful win and place on on their own but but um, yeah Quinella Tahira Meditate and Just Beautiful and the second group one of course is the Royal Bahrain Irish Champion Stakes over a mile and a quarter and that's the, the point it's a mile and a quarter on Saturday at 3.20 King of Steel's in there for Roger Varian Kevin Stott and the Ammo Racing Colours. Third to Hookham and Ascot, having won at uh, Royal Ascot when winning the King Edward, the seven stakes. That's a group two. We've got August Road down for Aidan O'Brien. Incredible performances that he's put up. Our Flailer was really good when winning the uh, the Skybet York stakes, a group two in July. Nash was in there as well. And Juanesto, Frankie Dottori. Rides uh, for a French trainer you know, on his um, final circuit of the season, or will Frankie be back for more? I'm sure, that's another podcast down the line for that one. A lot of people said, Bill, that King of Steel really would be better over 10 furlongs. He's got his chance. You know, we lauded Aiden for bringing August Rodan back to win uh, the uh, Irish Derby, the Group One, having been horrible 
uh, at Newmark. He also, of course, won the, the Beth Fred Derby as well. Is it that Aiden is so brilliant? Because he went and did the same thing again, didn't he? That he did at Newmarket in the, the King George and ran a pig of a race. Is, is this horse just a bit of a, a bit of an arse and just doesn't want to do what you're supposed to do on certain days of the year? And there's nothing that even Aiden O'Brien can do about it. Or he's just not that good. <laughs> I mean, he's just not as good as they think he is. That's that's the other thing with August Rodan. I mean, I've never been a signed up member to his his kind of fan club, really. And, you know, we took him on quite strongly at, um, in the King George last time of his action. He was woeful that day. I mean, tailed off turning in. And, you know, he, I'm amazed he's as short as he is. I understand that it's the Aidan O'Brien factor and, you know, it's the Champions Stakes and um, Ryan Moore has the choice of, 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 of a fair few other talented ones, but I just, I just can't see, I can't see it myself. Um, he looked sluggish in the Irish Derby over a mile and a half on on decent ground. Um, they blame the ground, I think, at Ascot last. I didn't really have an excuse, so he's back on a preferred surface. But he didn't, to me, look like a horse that was crying out for a mile and a quarter. Um, he seems to see out the derby trip pretty well. Um, look, he could bounce back. He's 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 rated one, two, three. You know, he's which I think is too high anyway. But he, he he could bounce back, and if he does bounce back, good luck to the people that want to support him. But he won't be on my Christmas card list for this one. I, I just can't have him. Um, King of Steel is really good. He ran better than I thought he would um, at. Ascot uh, behind Hookham. Um, I, I was I question whether he really saw out the mile and a half, um, but I think he does see it out. I'm not sure he's desperate to be dropped in trip um, to a mile and a quarter. That's this you know this is going to be a speedy affair on this ground, and I think he's more vulnerable than the market suggests. So I'm quite keen to take on those the, the pair at the top of the market. Um, I could see the lightly raced Alfleda running well. I can see certainly Nashua running well. I mean, she's had a very busy season. That's a little worry about her, but I can I can see her her going well. Um, for me, I I was keen on Anesta, the French raider for Frankie, last year's uh, runner-up, who you know ran well in the Japan Cup last year on fast ground. Um, was fourth through Innsbruck over a mile. It was an adequate trip at, at Dovia last month. That should put Anesta spot spot on. I can see. Uh, him running really well. He's seven to one each way. He he, he would definitely be in, in in the mix for me, and I could also see Al Riffer running well. Joseph's horse. Um, it's around ten to one. Uh, I think he's overpriced. Was second to Ace Impact last time. Um, you know, this was talked about being a Guineas horse early in the season. Obviously had the setback and just beginning to get going now with a couple of good runs. I can see. Um, Al Riffa running well, so yeah, for me, I, I, from a Whirlpool Quinella point of view, I, I'd, I'd be tempted to leave, leave the top two out and bang Al Riffa and Anesta um, with either Nashua or Flayla. I'd probably go Al Riffa, uh, Anesta, and Al Flayla um, in a bit of a Quinella, and um, see if we can get the big two out the frame. So there's a look at the two Group Ones at Leopardstown on Saturday, Bill. Obviously, Whirlpool are in town for the the whole meeting. Anything else you liked on the card? Yeah, it's a really good. There's a eight really good good races. Uh, Aidan O'Brien always has his 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 team kind of fired up to to perform here. I think he'll take 
the world of beating in the first race, the 145 content was uh, a filly that's been the apple of his his eye that kind of bombed out at Ascot, but she was really good back home last time. And I think, you know, she's currently around five to two. I think she's going to take a lot of beating in that race, even though it's a hot contest, the 145. Keep content in on side. The likes of Kitty Rose and Abe Cordice are lightly raced against her, but they'll have to be really good to lower her colours. The 215 race, he's probably got the holds all the aces there with Diego Velasquez. Um, he's got so many good juveniles, but this one has is, is, is got a reputation of being amongst the top. So be a bit of a turn up if that doesn't get the job done. And so keep him on side. We cover those other other two big races. Um, the 355 Aiden's got another favourite, Victoria Road, but I think our old friend Buckaroo um, can go well there. I'd be from a Quinella point of view, look at Buckaroo with Bull Discovery. Um, I think that might be the value against Victoria Road, um, but I definitely keep Buckaroo on side in the in the uh, 355. Um, the 430 race is our old friend Al Ars is in town. Um, he's got to give loads of weight away to the three year olds. Whether I trust him to do that, I don't trust him to do many things, Al Arzi, but um, he's he's up against it. I think Adelaide River getting loads of weights, one for the Cronella and at a bigger price. So look at Valiant King at sevens. Unlucky, should have won at Ascot last time. I think he's the forgotten horse in the race at sevens. I think he can go really well. The 505 race is the Stairs race. Um, the Patingo over a mile and a half. Uh, very interesting horse here. Nuzret for Joseph O'Brien. Uh, people remember this horse over hurdles in the Muneer colours. Uh, um, smart animal wants decent ground. And um, I think Nuzret will run really well. Uh, round fours. Def definitely keep him in your... Um, in your Quinellas and Perms. And the 540 race, uh, again, Aiden's got a good three-year-old here. So lots of season handicappers in in um, in here. But um, yeah, Broadhurst is very well handicapped around four to one. That's one for the Quinella. And looking at horses to perm up with him. Um, look out for Urban Sprawl. Could run well for the Johnsons. Uh, number 14 and, and 16, Kayani at 16 to one for Dermot Weld and Chris Hayes. Uh, could go well too. But yeah, cracking card at Leperstown on Saturday. So it's finally here. After a few weeks of summer holiday, Wally Pyra is back, our Hong Kong racing expert. And uh, Sha Tin is back again. And got Happy Valley, of course, as well. But it's Sha Tin on Sunday with a 10 race card. 5.25 UK time. It all gets underway. Wally, we hope you had a lovely summer. Your suntan looks absolutely perfect. I see you've been in Richmond Park doing all your yoga and stuff like that to keep yourself fit. But what is happening in Hong Kong? We've got some new jockeys and I guess all news going on over there for the start of the new flat season. Yeah, good morning to you. Good to be back, Chris. Um, yeah, there's a lot happened during the sun. I call it the summer holidays, very similar like the schools to me, I reckon, like seven weeks mm. off. So it's very similar to that. Um, right, what's happened? Well, during the summer holidays, as I say, that we've lost the trainers, Richard Gibson, Tony Millard and Peter Ho. They've either they re retired to pastures new. And we, wel we welcome a couple of new handlers, a fellow called Martin Ewan, who comes from Australia, will have quite a big reputation. And also um, the former assistant to Tony Cruz, a guy called Cody Moe. So they'll be starting as trainers. They joined the uh, roster this season. 
In the jockeys' ranks, we've got 30-year-old South African nine-time Group 1 winning jockey Keegan De, uh, De Milo. He's he's starting out on a new adventure. Uh, he joins his fellow South Africans, uh, Lyle Hewitson and uh, Ferraris, on the jockeys' roster. And, of course, we've got our own very own Andrea Atzini, fresh from a well, he's fresh from winning a host of Group One races in the UK and Europe before he disappeared to pastures new in Hong Kong. He has ridden in Hong Kong. Um, that was short stint. That was nine years ago. I think he knows a little bit more about it now, uh, Andrea. Um, and it, because it wasn't a particularly um, successful time, he only had three winners, but. To me, he's a little bit like the old Sylvester D'Souza um, mould. So hopefully he gets off to a winning run and uh, he has a successful time over in Hong Kong. Looking further down, we've got Vincent, Paul Vincent Ho. He suffered a crashing fall in Japan in July. He broke, uh, or sorry, he fractured bone in his back, so he's been off. But like all... Jockeys, you wonder how they do it. He will be back next Sunday, despite oh. so fracturing a back in his uh, bone in his back. Romantic warrior, people's well, one of the champions of Hong Kong. He's doing a raiding party over to Australia, taking in the Turnbull States, and then taking in the four famous cock plates. First time that a horse has travelled from. Uh, Hong Kong for a long time. So mm -hmm. that would be interesting. And finally, I just have to bring it up. The old Golden 60, the legendary horse, Golden 60. He He's an eight-year-old now, and he makes his first appearance of the season. Lo and behold, he's making it in the Group 1 Hong Kong International Mile on International Day in December. Now, you'd think that was at some sort of feat to be able to not run, make his first appearance of the season in the big race of the season in Hong Kong, the mile race. Will he win? Well, he goes very well fresh. So let's see what happens between now and December. Now, that's probably the news that we've got going on. Um, let's go to the card at Charlton on Sunday. You were right there. Ten races. They start at 5.25 in the morning. I have to say there are a couple of prolonged breaks during the action. Um, at 6.55 after race four, there is an hour's break. And after, what is it, after eight o'clock, there is an hour's break in proceedings for the racing at Charlton. And that is down because the World Pool will come into operation. Two races over in Korea, the Korea Sprint, the Group 3 Korea Sprint and the Group 3 Korea Cup. And this is purely and simply because we've the Hong Kong local horses interest, Duke Y and Apache Pass are both running. So there'll be a huge amount of interest in Hong Kong. Mm. Watch these 12 gallopers take a chance in Hong Kong. I remember um, Tony Millard winning winning over in Korea a few years back with a horse called Super Jockey. All I will say to listeners, if they want to watch on TV on Sunday morning is, and they haven't seen racing in Korea, it's the most wonderful track. However, the sand is so, so deep. 
it is really a very, very deep sand track. Mm -hmm. And it takes an awful lot of getting. Both horses have drawn wide as well. So they are facing an insurmountable task to win. If they can, fantastic. But it's going to be very difficult for them. So there we go. Um, now let's have a look at what's going on at Charlton. First up, I've got to tell listeners that in Hong Kong last week, they had a typhoon, uh, typhoon ten, and that is one of the worst that you can get. It was a terrible time they had in Hong Kong for a couple of days, and lo and behold, um, Thursday and Friday there was a black storm warning, which recorded six inches of rain falling in one hour. Now imagine that the roads were flooded with swimming, the taxis. Buses were floating down the roads. The shopping malls got flooded and what have you. Seemingly, it was the worst one hour recorded rainfall um, since records began in 1884. And that's in Hong Kong. So it shows how bad it is. There's showers forecast for the weekend. So what the surface conditions will be like at Shartin on Sunday, nobody knows because... One does have to remember that Sha Ting is one of the quickest drying tracks or racetracks in the world. Mm -hmm. So it's all up in the air what the conditions, the surface conditions are going to be like on Sunday. Anyway, however, right, race goes are in for a treat straight away, the first meeting of the year, because they've got Lucky Swainess, one of the top, well, one of the top sprinters in the world is out again. He's out to try and retain his chief executive cup handicap uh, win from last year. Uh, what time is that race? I'm looking it as I'm talking to you. I'm looking it up. It's right. It's at six fifty-five in the morning. Our time. Six fifty-five. That's it. And it's over six furlongs. Now, Lucky Swainus won this race very easily last year. Mm -hmm. He was, but he was the joint bottom. Handicapped horse. He was one of the. He was the bottom weight in the race. Um, this year, he's the top weight, and he's conceding twenty pound to his five rivals. Yeah, can he do it? Well, let's put it like this: it hasn't all gone swimmingly. I've used that word topical swimmingly <laughs> Very at the good. moment. Very good. Well done, Molly. Because of the uh, typhoon last uh, week. He was supposed to have trialled over the weekend. He had to miss it. He trialled on Monday over five furlongs, but mm. his trial was good, but that's only six That's only six days before his first race. Really and truly, it's, it's very, very difficult to envisage him getting beat, despite giving £20, and he's got the hook like his rivals are that rock-hard fit, Victor the winner who will go bouncing off in front with Caris Teton and a couple of batten hardened, battle-hardened um, handicappers, rewarding rewarding hero and uh, adios. So it's, it's, it makes it quite an interesting spectacle, but it will be very difficult for him to get beat, and his odds will be obviously prohibitive. Yeah, yeah. It? yeah. But it's, it's worth a spectacle to watch. Now, obviously, Purton's riding the lucky swayness, and that's per norm. Purton's back, you know, after his record-breaking season last year, 179 winners. He's back for more. 
Mm-hmm. It's refreshed after he did some holiday, all, all the exotic places in the world, Burton went to the Maldives, Ma- Bali, Dubai. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear, it's un- unbelievable <laughs> where he was, he was telling me about it. He's got nine rides out of the ten. You look down, he looks like he's going to have a host, host of winners again. I mean, I'm just looking. He's got Greenwich in the 6.25 over six furlongs. That looks good after his trials. Supreme Lucky in the 10.35. Unlucky a couple of times at the back end of last season. He's got a good chance. I think his best ride will be a horse called All Is Good. And the interesting thing about this is that Purton must have been quick on the uptake because poor old Vincent Ho, who's ridden him in most of his races and won on him three times last year, he's out of action. Lo and behold, who's riding him but Purton? Mm. Um, The horse still, despite winning three times, still looks like he's in front of the handicapper. So I think he could be very difficult to beat in the 10.35. The last race on the card is another interesting race for anybody who loves Hong Kong racing, purely and simply because it's got Flaming Rabbit, um, who we know at the back end of the season was a very potentially very useful horse and will improve this year because he was very lightly raced last season. Lyle Hewitson in the saddle riding for Douglas White. Hewitson reached a milestone of 50 winners last year. He's the go-to rider. He's the young go-to rider, potential champion jockey in the future, in my in my eyes anyway, this South African lad. He rides Flaming Rabbit. You've got Super Sunny Sings. Remember that horse starting, ran, ran well fancied for the uh, Hong Kong Derby last year after winning a couple of the big classic series races. Find My Love, very well handicapped. And Galaxy Witness. Now, I've mentioned Galaxy Witness because he, you could say, was a bit disappointing last year. But he's trained by Casper Founds. And my latest information for anybody that's interested is that Casper Founds will be going all out to win the championship for the fifth time in his uh, career this season. He's got a lot of horses that didn't win last season. He didn't have a particularly good time. I think he finished fifth or sixth in the championship. But a lot of his horses have dropped down in the handicap because of the result of that. Um, They're likely to strike this season. He's got a lovely lot of new horses. So he is the interesting person to watch. Casper Founds, remember my, mark my words, remember him. I think he will be challenging. If, these rumours are true, and I believe they are. He's very confident of having a big season. So keep an eye out on Casper's horses. And this Flaming Rabbit is an ex-German horse that won at Goodwood with Tom Marquand on board. So we, he's got a bit of, bit of prior. Well, he was he was the horse that was bought to run in the Hong Kong Derby. Arrived, he was pretty slow to acclimatise. And Douglas White had a terrible job trying to get him fit enough. He gave him a couple of trials before the derby in March. They were okay, but luckily um, Douglas White pulled the pulled the plug and said no. Mm. He then, I think he ran about five times, a handful of times. He won. He's 
he's a he's a pretty good horse, and all you know is that he will progress again this season. He's got top weight, but. This is his favourite trip. He's got Hewitson on him, who's a great front-running, great front-running jockey. I tell you, he's got a very good clock in his head. Um, so all in all, he's got a big chance. But the opposition are not to be sneezed at, as I say. Like find my love, super sunny sings, and the dark horse galaxy witness. Great stuff. Nice to have you back, Wally. With another season of racing in Hong Kong, early Sunday morning live on Sky Sports Racing in the UK. If you want to watch all of that action, sure, it'll be good. Thanks to Wally for joining us, to Bill Esdale for his previews, and to our special guest today, James Doyle. Good luck on Shaquille and your other mounts on Saturday at Haydock. Well, that's all from us for today. We'll be back again next week as we take our usual look ahead to the weekend's top racing action so it'd be great if you could join us then. Don't forget to visit the City AM website for all the latest news and horse racing tips, and you can follow the podcast on Apple Tunes, Spotify, Amazon Music and Stitcher to get the latest episodes as soon as they're released, and there's a brand new City AM app available on Android and on the Apple markets as well, so you can get all of the latest news right at your fingertips through the new app. We'll speak to you again next week. Bye for now.